You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team. I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today's episode is brought to you by our good friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. It is Mock Draft Monday. We are going to get to that a little bit later in the show. And we are going to tie in our first segment of the show. And that is sparked by something that we've talked about um, a a number of times over the the last few weeks. And as we have looked at the needs of the Green Bay Packers, um, there, there is one that has consistently come up and, you know, we've, we've talked about corner, we've talked about safety and, the, the next one that, that I think is getting the most attention is the offensive line piece. And this has been brought up in various forms, you know, a, a number of times written about, talked about. We've, of course, talked about it on this show a bunch. The needle that the Packers have to try and thread here is their five that they are going to go to war with, you know, come November, December, January. Their five is pretty set, right? David Bakhtiari and Billy Turner, Elton Jenkins, Lucas Patrick, and we think John Runyon Jr. We think that's going to be the five. That's a pretty good five. And this with Corey Lindsley, that's that four of the five with Corey Lindsley last year was the best offensive line in the league by pick a metric. Um, ESPN's pass block and run block win rates loved what they did last year. And it is going to be another really good group, even with the injuries. We don't know when David Bakhtiari is going to be back. We don't We don't know. Now, it's usually an eight, nine-month injury recovery now. It's not what it used to be where guys were out a year. You missed the whole season, and then you, know, you, you might not even be the same guy until midway through the next season. It's not that kind of—the ACL is not that kind of injury anymore. And so I, I I don't think it's it's fair for us to treat it that way. It could be the case that David Bakhtiari opens the the year as the starter. Brian Bulaga he got hurt a couple weeks earlier than than David Bakhtiari did, but he was he was practicing in training camp and was ready for week one. Could David Bakhtiari be in a similar position given the way that that he works and given his age and given his athletic gifts? I think so. Even so. They don't have right now the same um, depth that they did last year. They had a proven real veteran swing tackle last year in Rick Wagner. He played a bunch. He ended up playing even more than we thought he would because Lane Taylor got hurt. And, you know, that created more opportunities for Lucas Patrick. It was probably going to be the case that they were going to have Lindsley 
and Lucas Patrick and and Billy Turner play tackle with Patrick at guard and Wagner was going to be the swing guy. But then you lose Lane Taylor and Rick Wagner is not healthy to start the season. It did seem like they wanted Billy Turner to be the right tackle. So where do you, where do you build depth? Steven Sapanek is a draft pick from last year. We have no idea what he is. He was hurt for most of the 2020 season. Jake Hansen didn't, didn't make the 53, even though he was a draft pick. We don't know if he is at all a part of the future plans here. They have five. They've got five. And, and they've got what looks like a really good five. But to start the season, they may only have four. And that could create all kinds of things because it could mean Elton Jenkins playing out of position or Billy Turner swapping sides or all kinds of things that create uncertainty, that create added risk, that put you in a position to wonder the quality of the play that you're going to get week in and week out. And with Matt LaFleur's offense, with Aaron Rodgers at this point in his career, the thing that makes all of this work is the offensive line play. You know, Aaron Rodgers at various points in his career could have, by prestidigitation, just made things happen, just pulled plays out from the deep recesses of his butt, just way in there. And he finds a way to pull it out. And he's just not that guy anymore. He is on schedule now. He's playing in rhythm. He's playing within the bounds of the offense. He's doing what's asked of him. He's making accurate throws, on-time throws, big-time throws. But he's not creating outside structure. He's not evading pressure the same way. He's not using his legs the same way because athletically, he's just not what he was when he was 26. So, and that's just the nature of the thing. He played, he was the MVP of the league last year. I mean, none of this is to denigrate Aaron Rodgers. Let's not get it twisted. He's just not the same athlete he used to be. He doesn't, he doesn't have the same escapability that he used to. And that's okay. Play within the system and you're okay. So how do you handle it? I think this is a really difficult question and one that Green Bay is no doubt asking itself inside the building at 1265. How do you handle a situation where your starters, your starters are are in a really good shape. You're in a really good position with your starters. Your five is good, really good. Now, you know, Lucas Patrick, he's just okay. Uh, we have no idea what John Runyon Jr. is, but he looked really solid last year. Aaron Rodgers even went out of his way to mention the reliability of John Runyon Jr., how do you prioritize that? And it's not as if next year it's going to be much different. Billy Turner, who added, you know, void years to his deal, he's going to be, he's going to be off the team by 2023, but he's going to be on it in 2021 and probably in 2022. This is your five. You know, unless you make an upgrade at guard or unless you find a tackle that you can slide Billy Turner in at right guard, this is your five for the next two years. You need depth. So where do you go for that depth? It's not like there is a wealth of quality offensive linemen just sitting on the market. I mean, Rick Wagner sounds like he's going to retire. 
So how do you how do you find someone? How do you because you don't have that Rick Wagner, you don't have that swing tackle. So what do you what are you gonna do? Where are you gonna find that play? And if you're gonna if you're not gonna to engage with free agency because the prices or because you just don't like what's there and you are going to go in the draft, how much do you prioritize it? Because you're drafting someone who, at least for the first two years, probably not going to start, or at least probably not going to be a preferred starter. So if that's the case, how do you deal with it? I don't have a good answer for this, by the way. I think this is a really difficult question. And a lot of it has to do with how they view the the position long-term. Is Elton Jenkins the guy? We don't know, right? So they do, or at least we think they do. So that I, I think we will we will have some information based on how they how they handle the draft that will tell us, you know, that will give us some insight into where they're looking. Now, there are still some offensive linemen on the market. And, you know, some some real guys. Eric Fisher is someone who the, the Chiefs just cut. Mitchell Schwartz, Alejandro Villanueva, Russell Okung, you know, Bobby Massey, DeMar Dotson. Dennis Kelly is a name that's been thrown out there. Someone who Matt LaFleur coached in Tennessee. There are guys out there. There are. Are they good options? Are they going to be expensive options? We don't know. I think the prudent course of action here is wait. Wait. Wait until the draft. Because I don't think I don't think all these guys are going to go. I mean, there, there are a lot of guys. Um now, I assume someone like Mitchell Schwartz is going to sign for for real money. Eric Fisher probably going to sign for real money. And Green Bay you know, might not feel like they want to play in those waters for a swing tackle. Those guys probably can be starters somewhere. Would Okung want to come in? He might be available in June. And there are almost certainly going to be guys who are June 1 cuts, who end up being surprise August cuts. You don't want to bank on that, but what you can do is you can go into the draft going, we can just take the best position. If there's an offensive lineman that we really like, we can take him because you know you, you need this long-term solution at right tackle. If you find an interior offensive lineman you really like, you know if they like Elijah Vera Tucker, and he's there at 29, really good, really good player. I, I would have no problem with the value there. I think he's a first-round pick all day. And and you can move Jenkins to right tackle long-term. Great. Great. He can come in right away, compete with JRJ. The best guy is going to play. And then, you know, maybe, maybe JRJ competes at center. You have all this competition, and you have the flexibility with both Turner and Jenkins. Those guys can play guard or tackle. If a tackle's there, Tevin Jenkins, or you know Christian Derisaw falls, or they like Liam Eichenberg, or you know let's say it's day two, Brady Christensen, or some of these other guys, 
Alex Leatherwood tested like a, an athlete that Green Bay would really like, even if I don't think he's still their type necessarily. Sam Cosme from Texas. There are, there are going to be guys round one, round two, round three who could be there depending on how they want to handle things. They could they could find that guy. And then you just say, okay, that's that's your swing. And they might compete to start. And if they compete to start, great. Um, one of the guys who was starting or who you thought might start is now your swing guy. Because you know Jenkins can play tackle, you know Turner can play tackle, and you know Bakhtiari can play tackle. Bakhtiari is going to be back. You can't plan for your short term like your long term doesn't exist. And in this case, long term might mean October. And then longer term, you've got 2022, 2023, and beyond. So Green Bay is in a really good position here to find a veteran, if there is one to find, and let the draft play out. If they can find someone there, great. You don't have to go sign a veteran. And if they don't, which is also fine, there is probably going to be one of these guys who can come in and be your swing tackle. And if not, you've got someone like Elton Jenkins who can always slide out if whoever you sign doesn't play up to expectations. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. College basketball is going 100 miles an hour right now. It's so fun. We got some great games this weekend. Alabama UCLA was terrific. Oral Roberts Arkansas was awesome. A ton more with the Elite Eight Final Four and, of course, the National Championship game all there for you to bet on. Bet Online also does award shows, TV shows, reality TV, all up-to-date, real-time props, all kinds of fun stuff that Bet Online does. Go to the website or use their mobile device and sign up today to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. When you use the promo code LOCKEDON, that's right, just for being a Locked On listener, they will give you money. Put money in. Sign up. It's free. Use the promo code locked on and they will match that first deposit up to 50%. That's promo code locked on at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Today on the Locked On Today podcast, the latest from the NCAA tournament, another major move for an NBA contender, and more on the quarterback moves in this draft. Get more of the sports need you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the radio.com app or wherever you get podcasts. So let's talk mock draft Monday. I wanted to keep this in mind, this idea of let the draft come to you. And one of the reasons why that idea came to me was I put together a mock draft for Acme Packing Company that was using rankings from around the internet just to try and get a consensus. And when I did that, I, I tried to slot guys based on you know the, the picks that we expected teams to make and where we thought these players were going to go. Well, when I got to the Packers, there was not a cornerback that fit on the board. So I drafted Christian Barmore, the defensive lineman from Alabama, who is, at least by the consensus of from the, the boards that I looked at, more uh, likely to be considered a first-round pick than some of these corners. And part of that is 
what we have talked about a bunch on this show, and that is the lack of agreement on who that, that CB4 is. After that top three group, Sertain, Farley, and Horn, the guys after that, there, there's a, a big group there. But I think generally they are viewed, I think generally they are viewed as borderline first, second kind of players. They're going to go in that 25 to 40 type range. And maybe even more than that. You know, it's the, it's the Eric Stokes, it's the Tyson Campbells, it's the Greg Newsoms, it's the uh, the the uh, Ifatu Melifanwu. I almost said Obi. I almost said his brother's name. Um, it, it's those guys. So I thought, okay, let me combine these two ideas. Let's let the draft come to me. I think the cornerbacks are a thing. And tie in this idea of, okay, the Packers, if there's an offensive lineman there, grab them. So here's the draft. If if Barmore had been there, I would have taken him. He wasn't. Uh, I like Tevin Jenkins better as a prospect than Barmore. So I, th- I think this fits. You're getting good value here, and he could walk in right away, compete to be the right tackle. And maybe you have John Runyon Jr. and Lucas Patrick. They they fight to play center. You got Billy Turner at guard. And, and Tevin Jenkins can be your day one right tackle. Or he's your day one right tackle. Billy Turner plays left tackle and until David Bakhtiari gets back and then he slides back to right guard. A lot of different things you can do there. So, But now they don't have a corner. Well, what if they trade it up in the second? This is something that was inspired by a, a group chat that I have with a couple Packers media friends. We were talking about this. If there is this cluster after the top three, if there's this cluster of five or six guys that are going to go in that range. Some guys are going to fall. So what if you trade it up in the second round? Packers have two fourths. They have two fifths. What if they trade it up? So I moved up from 62 to 54. You probably you probably would have to get a little higher, but I still get Greg Newsom. Now this is on the Pro Football Focus mock draft simulator. They're a little lower on Greg Newsom, um, but this is my point. They view him as someone who is is fitting where Green Bay picks in the second round, not the first. So what if most of the league feels the same way? Could Green Bay say, yeah, well, we can get this offensive lineman and then trade up for Greg Newsom. And in this case, they don't even have to trade up that far. Now, I, I, I might have overpaid. I gave up a fourth, my conditional fourth and my conditional fifth here. 142 and 178. Now, by the draft value chart, the difference in value was about 80 points, and I'm giving up 50 points. I don't. Maybe I did the math wrong. I don't think it's a bad trade um, because I'm getting a, a guy that, in my opinion, is a is a borderline first round talent. So I'm happy to do it. I wanted to get up there and get him, and then you have so much flexibility because you still have a third and you still have a fourth and a fifth. I gave up my conditional picks, or my, my not conditional picks, compensatory picks. So I come out of this draft with Tevin Jenkins, Greg Newsom. I traded up for Greg Newsom. I still get my guy, Demetric Felton. And then in the fourth, Bobby Brown, the defensive lineman from Texas A&M. The Packers go back to the Texas A&M defensive lineman well. They bolster every major spot. Felton can play in the backfield, be your third running back. He can play in the slot. And you get an offensive lineman for depth, a potential long-term starter, right tackle. 
you get a potential long-term starter or a corner. I, I went back and read the Bob McGinn um, write-up on Greg Newsom II uh, when he did the top 30 defenders. McGinn had him as cornerback four. If if you believe those things are in order, I don't know. I assume he did them in order, but he didn't say he did. But a couple of the scouts said, oh, you know, I think he's a second round guy. Another said borderline first, second. And there was a scout who said, I think he's a nickel. Interesting because Green Bay might need a nickel. If they draft Greg Newsom, they might say, hey, Shannon Sullivan, just kidding, bye. And save $2 million. That's something that they could do. So it, it, all the more reason that I think Greg Newsom is someone that that the Green Bay Packers are going to focus their sights on. Do you have to take him in the first round? This is a, a good question. It's going to depend on how you feel about these secondary guys. If, if you think there is this cluster, and I do think there is this cluster, and let's say Green Bay feels pretty, pretty much the same about this group, the, the Tyson Campbells, the Eric Stokes, the Fatimeli Fonwus, the Greg Newsoms, these guys. If you if you can do that in Georgia, you know Tyson Campbell and and Eric Stokes are both from Georgia. You got real pedigree there. Fatimeli Fonwu played in the ACC. You know Sam Howell at UNC. He's going up against and Trevor Lawrence at Clemson this last year. Ian Book at Notre Dame. I mean he faced some real dudes, some real receivers. Greg Newsom at Northwestern, you know, he played in the Big Ten, so not not the elite quarterbacks. Missed the Ohio State game with a, it actually got hurt in that game, but saw plenty of elite skill talent there. These are these are really good players. If you could get a guy at twenty nine, an offensive tackle, especially, I'm not I'm not passing on getting the guy that I really like. If I if there is someone that I think stands out above the crowd, if I don't think that, if there is a cluster. I'm either thinking trade down or I'm thinking, okay, can I grab this offensive tackle? I'm not doing it for a linebacker, probably. I don't love this linebacker group. Probably not doing it for a defensive lineman unless I love Christian Barmore and I need to watch more on him to have a fully formed opinion. I'm 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 not gonna lie. I I I'm very dubious that I that I would take a an interior defender over a cornerback ever. But part of that is because I like this cornerback class a lot. And so I think, you know, Asante Samuel Jr., Melly Fonwu, I didn't even mention Asante Samuel, Melly Fonwu, these guys are legit first round picks. And and I'm from a positional value standpoint, I'm just always going to want those guys. And that's just the perspective that I'm coming at it from. So Green Bay is going to have some options. It's going to depend on what their appetite is of trading back up into the second round, which they were willing to do last year for a receiver. They just ran out of guys to target. And I think it's too important a thing to trust that. So let's see what we can get. It's too important a position. I think I think the goal has to be um, to get one in the first. And if you feel like, okay, there's not really anyone here, but there's this cluster of guys later, then you trade down, you try and add assets and do it that way. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar covered with 100% chocolate. Well, now it's time to find out which Built Bar is the best. Built Bar Madness. We are having a lot of fun with these matchups. Today's matchup is caramel brownie versus coconut brownie chunk. Two of truly the best flavors. But that's what this, this we're like, we're, we're getting down to it. 
This is the nitty gritty now. Just a couple flavors left. And these these ones really, I, I was going to say take the cake, but maybe I'm a little bit too on the nose with the pun there. Uh, didn't even mean to do it, but that's where we are. These flavors, they're, the Built Bar it continues to outdo itself with these flavors. Each one seems to be better than the next when it comes to the new flavors that they introduce. So let your voice be heard. Go to BuiltBar.com and let us know what you think or bar underscore built on Twitter. Plus, remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. As we finish up here, um, I, I do just want to mention um, the NFL is moving toward a 17th game. I feel like this has been reported 10 times. It's not official yet, but we've had some reporting uh, from Peter King about formulas and and you're, you know, who you're going to play. It's going to be a lot of AFC, NFC. It's going to be a lot of foreign site games. If all the reporting right now is true, it's going to be Packers Chiefs in that 17th game. And that sucks for the Packers (laughs) because it makes their schedule harder. And especially with only one team getting that bye, now you're going to add a game. That bye becomes even more important to get your team healthy. And Green Bay is going to get, um, they're going to get the best team in the AFC probably. You know, depending on what happens, but it seems like they, they and the Bills are the best team. So uh, that that makes the schedule harder for sure. But the the, the Chiefs are not going to be what they were last year, and and they have offensive line issues. They signed Joe Thune, but still, you know, their their starting offensive tackles to open the season are not on the roster anymore. That's a lot of turnover, and and Patrick Mahomes starts to get expensive real fast, and that is starting already to affect how they're building this team. So look, it's it's not ideal, but it does mean one more football game for you guys. It means one more football game for us to talk about. And it, it is also a way for the league to generate more revenue, which right now they need to do in the short term. Long term, we just saw that they signed the craziest uh, TV rights deal that they've ever signed, essentially doubling their revenue under the, uh, the last deal. So it's not like they're going to be hurting for money in the long term. Uh, that's why, you know, it, it seems pretty crazy that the players were were willing to give this up. Uh, I made the joke on Twitter and I'm, it's not even really a joke. I, it's like they didn't even have lawyers. Did you look at this? Did we did you talk about this? How did you let this happen that the, the owners could just unilaterally decide to add a game? It seems impossible that that could happen, but. Here we are. All right. A lot more to get to this week. We are creeping toward the draft. By the end of this week, we will at least be in the same month as the NFL draft. And that means uh, a lot more to come here. Uh, We are going to have guests, hopefully a couple guests this week that I'm excited about. So uh, a lot more to get to. And our our, uh, offseason report card series on cornerbacks, we will dig deep. We're going to focus on the draft because we know what's going on in free agency. Uh, We've talked about it enough. 
So I don't want to rehash that, but um, we're, we're going to talk about that as well. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers. Thank you.